Hot Tub Beers is meant for entertainment purposes with a side of beer education. Each episode may contain offensive and off-color humor. Our intended audience is people 21 years of older who love beer and laughter. For the show. It is for the show. And welcome back to Hot Tub Beers. <laughs> We're sitting in the hot tub today with somebody special, Miss Daytona Camps. Thank you for coming to the hot tub. Well, thank you. Thank you for the invite. Thanks for the opportunity. Absolutely. So you're here uh, repping a craft beer legend in the state of Texas, uh, Cellus Brewing. But in your hand right now, you have a Lone Star. I do. I, I, nice. I, at the least the National Texan. Beer of Texas. Exactly. It is. It's so, not like I'm fully cheating. The, correct. <laughs> and so they, you know, we have a mixed relationship with Lone Star. Um, we, we drank them a lot. We've used them as a palate cleanser, but they refuse to sponsor us. We've even called them out on Instagram. Bunch They're, of cowards. Yeah, really? they are a bunch of cowards. Bunch yeah, of cowards. Well, they are. Just kidding. And all they need to do is send us a free case of beer once a week. <laughs> Once a week. <laughs> just a suitcase a week. <laughs> That's it. It's just not a suitcase that a week. bad of a commitment. I, that, mean, I agree. We're not alcoholics. We're enthusiasts. Yeah. Correct. But Lone Star became like this kind of unofficial mascot for a while there for us just because it was something that we drank early on. Is a palate cleanser. It's easy to, to come back to. It almost feels like coming back home when you're mm-hmm. drinking one of these. So, all right, Miss Camps, first, first question on the episode. You're growing up in a world of beer. Oh, yeah. What was your Lone Star growing up? What was the one that you have the memories about that when you go back and drink, it's like going back home? Hmm. I would honestly say Shiner Cheer, and that, that's just because it was, yeah. <laughs> that's well, gross. <laughs> that's because, no, I, well, hang on now. So okay. when I first had it, I, I was like 16, and that was my that was like my first full beer that I had to have by, that I could have by myself. And I was like, "Wow, this is amazing! I'm an adult-ish, and I feel tipsy, and I feel really good." And like I thought, the flavor was really nice, just because it had the, you know the pecans and, and apricots or yes, peaches, or whatever. Peaches, yeah. And um, so it was kind of like tradition that my mom would get my brother and I, you know, a case or not a case, a, a six pack each Christmas time. And we could only have one, you know, a night for around Christmas time. And, um, but then, you know, I stopped drinking it because it, the last time I got it, it was just, it was so different. It's so sweet now. Yeah. It's not, I'm sorry to say this, but I don't like it at all anymore. <laughs> so it's not really like one that I continue to pick up, but it's one of those beers where, no matter what it is, like how it tastes nowadays, it's still that nostalgic, good time beer. That's that's cool. That, I like that answer. We we actually rated that on Sunday, Sunday on the podcast. Yeah, yesterday. Yes. What was the rate? The what was the rate? One point eight for me. Oof. Yeah, I, I gave it like a two point nine. Like I, I got it just a little a little below. No, I, was I lower than that? No, I don't I remember. That was about right. That's about right. Somewhere in there, not not quite above three. Most of our beers that we rate on the podcast are usually three or above. Because so is this out of five? No, this is out of four. We're setting the oh, industry standard. Shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're we're trying to get all others to abandon uh, their scale and adopt the hot tub scale. Um, so we are we're on a scale of zero to four. Um, zero is we're going to burn the brewery down. We don't want it ever mm. again, and other people shouldn't have it. Four is I need it every time I get into the hot tub. Yeah, you're going to marry it. Yeah, I am going to. Ooh. Mm. Cheers. Ooh. Yeah. That Marrying new, a beer. New slogan right that there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look. It's picture time. <laughs> so Work's calling me, so I'm sending this back to him. Nice. So 
you're here. I, I like that story too because that kind of bleeds us into like. I think that's cool. Like, you got a six-pack. You and your brother got a six-pack for Christmas, right? Mm -hmm. Y'all raised in this world of beer. So kind of there is the the story of Pierre Sellis has become legend in Texas, right? There's a million and one interpretations, and I'm sure you've heard them all. And And I continue to hear all new ones. I'm like, what? Really? (laughs) Yeah, random it's like a game of telephone. Yeah, with, it with is. Texas legend. Yeah, it is. Well, before we hear the real story, that's why what I was like, let, let me. Oh, what is like the oh, most accurate, weirdest one of all of them? Okay, I actually wasn't that long ago that I heard it. Where was that? So someone was saying that Pierre, my my grandfather, was like Australian or something, and he moved to Austin, but then you know started Celis, and then. He decided he didn't want to be there anymore, so then he moved back. He moved to Belgium and started Celis there, and he's there still. I'm like, what? Uh, no, that's no. That's a lot. <laughs> yeah, I was like, where are you getting this? Australia? Like, <laughs> I don't get it. That that is an interesting one because I don't, I can't even think of how that one even would be based in truth. I, yeah, and I'm like, all you got to do is just a simple Google. Like, it's really not. Uh, whatever. I don't know. So yeah, while we got you Google in here for hot tub beer, set us straight. Well, first of all, is this live? By the way, this no. this is not live. This okay, is all cool. recorded. In case I mistake, make a mistake. I'm like, oh shit. We don't edit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we don't. But, okay, <laughs> all our mistakes are, are preserved for posterity. All right, yeah, yeah. The, the bloopers, if you will. Um, yes. So what ha- happened was long story. <laughs> we like February. Um, we just came out with a book. So just to talk about everything, all the details. Um, so Jeremy Banas, he, he uh, is a beer writer, and so he wrote about Pearlbury, um, and then it came out with the Cellus one. Nice. So I'm that has to it. all full-on details. Okay. Because if I go through everything, we'll be here till probably tomorrow. Okay. You know. I got till tomorrow. Time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so, so uh, Tom, so if you want to look at the label, so check it out and the front label here so this is our original picture and my grandfather's one holding the wicker basket and he learned how to brew from uh belgian or just beer in general from the guy on the far left that's thompson so thompson had the very last brewery in the world that made the belgian wit beer and he had no kids um so he always looked at my grandfather as his his only child okay and so in a small town of hogarden belgium um you know, it's like a town of maybe 2,000 people, super small. And there was like over 35 breweries in this small place. And throughout the, nice, throughout the, you know, hunt, like multiple years, you know, they would always like, um, the breweries would just shut down um, to Thompson being the very last one that made the Belgian wit beer. And this is like the main, holy shit, it's like a hot jet right here. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, heater turned on. Um, <laughs> um, I was like, who uh, who let something go here? <laughs> um, but so, yeah, Thompson, and um, he, he was, what kind of pour was that? Um, it was good enough to drink beer. Yeah. It is. <laughs> um, so, Thompson, sorry, I'm already losing track here. That's okay. Welcome to Hot Tub Drunk History. Exactly, right? <laughs> so he was doing all the heavy lifting, and he was 
you know, in his late 60s. And so um, throughout the years, my grandfather would always do the heavy lifting just to help him and eventually learned how to brew the beer. So when Thompson retired, he shut down the brewery. It was extinct for eight years all around the world. And um, so it was extinct. And then eight years later, my grandfather was secretly home brewing throughout that entire time. But he finally got his friends over to his house and he's like, hey, I found some bottles of Thompson's Whit Beer. Why don't we just, you know, drink it and talk about it and see if maybe we could all open up a brewery together. Just shooting the shit with his friends. And so they drank the beer and like, oh, my God, I'm still I'm surprised after eight years. This beer is still just as good. We, we really miss it. Like, please brew this somehow. Um, you know, people would constantly ask him to, to make that beer again. He's like, you know, I got my other job on full time, you know, milkman. His father was a milkman, so he had a milk stable in his house, uh, like in his property. Um, and so secretly, that's where he was homebrewing. And he, his, his friends, you know, they really enjoyed the beer. And he was like, you know, actually, this is my beer, not Thompson's. I have been brewing this this entire time. And the reason why he kind of kept it a secret is because he wanted honest opinions and that way he now he knew that it was good it was it was the same style beer um he was doing the, the process right he converted his milk stable into a state-of-the-art brewery and this equipment is like a cast iron mash tun from 1915 and that actual a mash tun that's its other that's another story um in its and that's on itself which is actually related to hitler so I should just talk about it right now. Anyway, <laughs> so this this cast iron mash tun from 1914, 1914 um, was originally belonged. This is a story in a book somehow, like a history book. Um, but it was originally belonged to uh, a woman in in France, and um, or no, in Belgium. But she was a female brewery brewer owner and. During World War II, Nazis would always come by because Belgium's a neutral country, right, at the time. Um, and they would come by to take metals and melt it and w- make it into weapons. And they would be dicks, right? And so they finally came to her brewery and like, okay, we're going to take your equipment and we're going to melt it. She was like, the f- hell you are. Um, so she, You can say the fuck. Yeah, sweet. So, <laughs> <laughs> so the fuck you are. And she... Um, she was like, I'll give you guys some beers for the road. You know, you guys have been working so hard. Here you go. But she actually put in some liquor. I think it's vodka. Um, and they were just so hammered, they, they passed out. And so her and a couple other townspeople moved them across town. And when the, by the time, like, these Nazi soldiers woke up and finally found where her brewery was, everything was gone. Everything was packed up, and she moved everything to France. And wow. at the same time... Uh, my grandfather, he was like eight, around 18 years of age, and which is prime picking for the war. And he was like, I don't want to go to war. I want to be a fucking brewer. And he moved to France as well for, d- during that time just to avoid um, going into war. And that, I think that's how he got her contact info for that cast iron ma- mastion. I'm not exactly sure, but I think that's kind of like how he, he got that. Nice. Yeah, and we brought that over, so that that's in like a building next door. Um, but yeah, and all have his, I seen this? I think so. I don't think I have. I think I would remember that. Well, it was, it was beautiful equipment. Um, yeah, cast iron, and yeah, it was, it was gorgeous. And so that that was um, that copper or that uh, cast iron mastodon is actually our logo, the Flemish Fox logo. Okay. Um, which I'll get to that 
at the end of the story. Um, okay. But so if you go in the beer garden, you see the spent grain silo and uh, our grain silo. It says Flemish Fox. It's got a mash tun um, image on it. So it's really cool and humbling to see, you know, how history is still relevant today. Um, but anyways, back to the actual Sella story. Um, so he, oh, he converted his milk stable into a state-of-the-art brewery. And he was brewing so much, he, he, was, he couldn't keep up with demand. So he bought an, enough money, he had enough money to buy an abandoned lemonade factory down the road mm-hmm. and converted that and renamed it as Decluse. So Decluse is kind of like the area in Austin, right? Where, like Barton Springs, where it's known to have a good time, a lot of fun, and um, a, a nice relaxing area. And so he named it Decluse, and then a fire burned down half of it in, in 1985. So he didn't have the proper um, insurance to rebuild it all. So he partnered with Interbrew, which is now Imbef. Um, and oh, wow. yes, so he they renamed it as Ho Garden. So he started Ho Garden Brewery, and they um, towards after, after the end, of, you know, after a couple of years priorities shifted you know things were a little bit more on the cheaper side and the contract he had to retire when he was 65 um and normally when you're retired you want to buy a boat and do nothing and relax and he was like fuck that i want to open up a brewery so he asked my mom um to move to to austin to start a brewery and she was like yes let's go right now and they moved to austin well, my parents moved to Austin in 90, and 91 was construction, 92, Salisbury was up and running. And we chose Austin for five reasons. One being, you know, centrally located, so you can easily distribute without any issues. Um, UT students, so you always got young students who want to try new stuff. Um, there was no other craft brewery in, in the area. I mean, you got Shiner, but that's not really the same kind of style, right? Correct. And then... Um, but most importantly, the water is filtered through limestone. So that's cr- very crucial to brew a Belgian whip beer with all the, uh, the calcium. Um, but also he, it, he <laughs> joked around, but I think this was a big part of it, is that uh, people in Texas spoke a lot more slowly. So he could understand them because he, he, was like, he self-taught himself English. And, but he visited Austin a lot because one of his uh, uh, suppliers was here in Austin. Um, so he always loved it. I don't know why, but Belgians always loved cal- uh, uh, cowboys. I don't, I don't know why, but it was also a little you bit of a push. A yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so moved to Austin, and then so yeah, we were the first craft brewery in Texas, and then and by '95 we were also the, one of the fastest growing. So we were in 35 other states. I mean, distributors had to wait three months before they could get product, and so we needed help. So we partnered with Miller. Uh, brewing and they kind of the same thing with interbrew which is more like priorities shifted a little bit and wanted to change the recipes make it cheaper and I mean, once you start making changes especially on your ingredients I mean everything the flavor changes it's, it's not the same and he didn't want to go through that again and it, you know it was very painful to see um, so he they sold to Miller in 2000 and then they shut us down a year later in 2001 and everything got sold in an auction so then Michigan Brewing Company had the name the updated recipes and some of the equipment and then they went bankrupt uh, at 2012 
And then another company bought the name and updated recipes in North Carolina, but was contract brewing it in Connecticut. And they only sold. Oh my gosh. Oh, dude. Just wait. And then they only sold a thousand cases a year. And all during that 17 year hiatus, um, Brode von Steinbeck, who makes like the Golden Drock, I'm sure you guys know that, um, or have had that that beer they were also brewing cellus but for europe and asia so we were so you know updated recipes if you will um was in yeah in europe and uh oh man and so the, the contracts ended uh actually the same year that in 2017 when we opened cellus and so japan and south korea uh, the two uh, two distributors there, they actually came over to Austin. They were like, oh my God, you know, we would distribute your beer, but we didn't realize that you guys were the real, like the family and we want to have your product. And I mean, apparently like Belgian whip beers is that is like one of the best styles or one of the most popular styles in, um, in Asia. Oh, excuse me. And so we're like, okay, yeah, that's awesome. We didn't foresee that, but this is great. And um, so, yeah, we're in only in Texas and then Japan and South Korea. Really? Yeah. And then... Spread. <laughs> yeah. So then, um, yeah, uh, we opened... We were going to call it Flemish Fox because we speak Flemish and then a fox is like the native animal um, in Belgium because we couldn't at the time have the Celis name itself. And that's our... That's my grandfather's last name my mom's last name and so we were gonna we were able to name it you know flemish fox dedicated to pierre Cellis, and because yeah that's our name we can do that so they didn't want to i guess they didn't want to have any issues with like lawsuits or confusion or whatever so they the company who had the Cellis name the trademark also um offered to sell us our name back like three four months before we opened and we had like package designs ready to go. I mean, we oh, were shit. like ready to go. Hence like the tanks were already, you know, labeled and we had our brew kettle, like the glass window was already etched a Flemish Fox with the mash ton. And we're like, Fuck. well, you should actually give her name back, but yeah, we'll buy it. <laughs> so that was like wow. the last missing piece. That, that part of the story has always fascinated me that you actually had to buy your own name back yeah. from another company, it's which is weird. It, it is yeah. weird. It is ridiculous. Yeah. And they're like, well, we bought it. I'm like, yeah, but, but come on. But now. it's ours. Like, yeah, we started like with we it. Yeah. But it's ours. So in our hands right now, we, we have the Belgian wit. We've got Celis White in our hands, right? So on the nose, there is a lot of, I don't know, clove to me. On the oh. nose, um, it it smells like that. <clears throat> it smells like what I want a Belgian wood to smell like, right? Yeah, yeah. It, it, it is. It's it's not. It's not very. It, anybody putting their nose into a Belgian wood, it's not passive. Yeah. To me at all, like this is it's it's an aggressive beer. It's supposed to be an aggressive beer, from my understanding. Very so prominent flavor. Very yes. Like yeah. there's there's nothing there's nothing there that's meant to be hidden or subtle as far yeah. as yeah like it's it's all there and it's like you either love me or don't like yeah it's like I sorry am. honey but you don't love it or not that's exactly <laughs> right <coughs> excuse me that was an incredible impression of a belgian woman. <laughs> yeah thank you yeah um <laughs> and man but this is this is the beer that pierre brought over with him correct yeah and so he, this so we use the same yeast strain that we had okay 
back then. Yes, all right. So that was the story. Okay, so so part of the legend that I've heard that I've always thought was incredible that there was a tube of his yeast that he put in his tube sock and snuck it to the United States. Yes. Okay. It it sounds weird when you're like his yeast because I'm like (laughs) it's pure yeast. It sounds. It's like um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeast. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm like um. It's just so interesting how, I mean, yeast is everywhere, and it's like one particular one that just gives such a unique flavor and and aroma. And um, yeah, this was like the yeast strain that we had um, in with the first brewery, and then he would have it for Decluse and then Hogarden. And so it's only Hogarden cells that have this yeast strain. And we, yeah, he had it in a tube sock, um, and this was obviously before 9 11, so security wasn't as intense as it is now plus right. he's like a, su- a super cute 65 year old man like what is he gonna do he's, he's so <laughs> loving you know well i'm sure custom to the time too yeah like, like oh god let what do you pass. declare and he's like a good time they're like all right yeah like i like it love it um so he yeah brought it over and we propagated it and that's the exact yeast strain that we had um at the first salas and then during that 17 year hiatus um barrett who it was is our brewer engineer he designed our entire facility he lives in belgium um so he he builds breweries for a living and he uh, smuggled the yeast strain in again so he they always the the yeast bank in belgium always had it available but it was pretty much like under lock and key right no one else can have it and we told them that we were gonna open up again and they're like oh hell yeah okay so we they put it in a wine bladder and we told in in uh and put in a box wine and we just told customs that it's box wine from belgium which isn't really a thing (laughs) and barrett's like yeah just you know wine having a good time like oh man you got to go to fredericksburg if you're going to austin they have really good wineries he's like yeah yeah can we go now please (laughs) and i picked him up from the airport it was so stressful because it, I remember it was five o'clock traffic and we had to get the yeast in ASAP because it was already expanding. Yeah. And it, it was a ticking time bomb, you know? And then I had a flat tire on Mopac. Oh, no. shit. And I was so pissed. And uh, luckily, someone, um, we got my car fixed right away. But <sighs> what a stressful day. That is, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. So we were actually, when we pitched in the yeast, uh, we're like, I don't know. We don't know if it's too stressed out or not. Luckily, obviously, it turned out fine. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, th- this beer has really nice, um, like, subtle flavors. I mean, some, you know, yeast or Belgian wits, you get bubblegum or, or even, yeah, banana clove. And I think this one's really nice with, like, the subtle orange peel and that coriander just kind of enhances a little bit more of that tartness, that acidity. Um, that's naturally part of that orange peel, right? And uh, the, the wheat malt just really... I don't know. It's nice because it's it's filling, but it's not too much for me. I, I agree. It is very it's, soft. There's yeah. a there's a there's a very like just comforting mouthfeel to it. Yeah. If, if that makes sense at all, like it, it, it washes over your tongue and it's not sharp. It's not crispy. It's just kind of smooth and clean and crisp. Uh, I, mean, I, I say like I said not crispy, then say crisp at the same time. Yeah. Like, but there's there's something to it that it doesn't offend in any way. It's super super. I don't know calming it's like welcoming and it is clarify, that's a good call the coriander and orange peel is directly from the yeast no They're, we add orange do. peel and coriander yeah okay. so we okay. freshly ground it right before we put it in the boil so that way it like really enhances as much aroma as we can in in solution um is that the traditional way of doing it though 
like milling it right beforehand. Well, I mean, or, just the the actual addition of coriander yeah. and mm-hmm. Yeah, that's part of it. Yeah. So we have a uh, uh, wheat malt and then oats for like that haze and body, and mm-hmm. then um, it's rather s- like a s- simple recipe for for such a complexity flavor. It's all the yeast. All the yeast, man. Yeah, Pierre's yes. yeast. <laughs> I know that's kind of cool. We we've definitely talked about that on the show several times. Like how much the yeast imparts to to what you're what you're drinking, and all these different crazy strains. We've had people in with wild sours and kettle sours, and uh, you know, you name it. We've drank it on the Hot Tub Beer Podcast. Oh, yeah. Um, and so, like, but the yeast is is always a fun component to talk about and to play with because. Especially with wits and wheat beers, the mm-hmm. yeast plays such a huge role and gives off such crazy flavors. Oh yeah, this one—I don't know—I dig it. This is yeah. kind of one of those ones where, when I was repping Celis in the grocery stores for <laughs> Carlos Rodriguez, like this, this, uh, this became a Celis house. Uh, we 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 nice. kept Celis in the fridge like all the time, constantly. Yeah, which uh, <laughs> which was really really good. We also have to warn you. Daytona. Oh boy. On the Hot Sub Beers podcast, we, we like to have fun, but we like to be a little bit judgmental. All right. And so we are, we're pushing for the industry standard here. Sweet. Okay. So uh, we're, we're rewriting the beer judging books, if you will, uh, just because we believe we're far more important than everybody else. I so mean, we are. Obviously, it's on the internet. It is on the internet. That's true. We've documented it's on, it's it several times. It's on the sunglasses. Yeah. yeah. We, well, we, we, it's on the sunglasses. We, we have sunglasses. I mean, have you ever gone to another podcast and gotten sunglasses? I, no. No. Okay. <laughs> no. So there's a step Screw above right there. Other now, the end of the sunglasses will actually open your bottle caps as well so it's a bottle never opener. had that one up uh, see there Even we go better so we go a zero to four rating scale zero is i want to burn the brewery down i don't want anybody else to ever drink this beer just for the sake of humanity four is this is perfect this is what i need in the hot tub every single time um so with you being here i don't know if we want you to yes we do Oh. Yeah, you gotta be gotta be open. We're gonna do it. Open and yeah. honest. Okay, so I'll I'll go ahead and get started. So we're in a we're in a weird day in Texas. I guess it's not a weird day for Texas. It's eighty something degrees, um, and it is two days after Christmas. Um, the usual, so pretty standard. The usual, uh, and we're in a hot tub, uh, but it feels nice outside. This is it, it's not super cold outside. But this it's not beer, cold at all outside. Not, what are you yeah, talking about? Yeah, not cold at all. You were correct. You mean, you a little mean, chilly to me. It's not super hot outside. It is not super That's hot outside. What you Thank say. you. Yes, that is probably the, that is yeah. definitely the correct terminology. This beer fits well with what we're doing and what we're doing today. It really does. Um, I think sitting in the hot tub, feeling like the cool breeze passing over you as, yeah. as you're sitting on the outside, uh, the orange, the coriander mixing your mouth, uh, the the creamy mouthfeel that I'm mm-hmm. getting off of this beer. Um, I'm going to rate it 3897642. Decimals are infinite, by the way. Oh, sweet. You can use as many decimals as you want. I was about to say, it sounds like I'll do uh, decimals here. Oh, this yeah. is, All of them. This is something I that... I like the accuracy. <laughs> I would absolutely love to have to start a hot tub session. Like, yeah. it, it seems like this is something that... Maybe we needed it in the hot tub when we started this podcast, but I didn't really realize it at the beginning because it brings so much flavor, so much, uh, so much to the palate that it just kind of relaxes you, I, and you yeah. want to enjoy it, and you want to sit back. And then after I've had a couple, I'm going to move on to something a little bit heavier and keep going deeper down the hot tub rabbit hole. 
Yeah, it's almost like a very sophisticated, simple beer to start off with yeah. because it's still got complexity, but very nice, bright. Like it's not going to overpower anything else that you have. Yes, especially in Texas, I think it's a very nice uh, beer to have. I mean, it, everyone thinks wheat beer is so heavy and so creamy and blah blah blah. It's like that's thicker, <laughs> but not by much at all correct it's not going to fill you up if you have one or two but after six probably <laughs> maybe so but See, yeah this yeah, that's a good call it doesn't it doesn't fill you up it just it sits just right i don't know i i could keep on fawning over this beer right now uh just because i'm really enjoying it yeah. Dude, but and I'm it's gonna, really good with oj by the way a little beer mosa Ooh, mm-hmm. a little beer mosa that's a that sounds like hot tub cocktail hour seems yep. like y'all have a new uh, replacement you hear that lone star i can yeah, provide a case Oh, we just negotiated on air. That's a that's a tall order, though. Saying she didn't even provide beer today. I know. <laughs> today doesn't count. Next that's time, all right. Next time we will, we will. That's that's on the agenda for today. We want to talk about getting more sellers into Houston. Yeah. yeah. What do you think, Jake? This is a uh, this is a pretty tough one for me. Um, so I've known Daytona for quite a few years. So obviously I hold our relationship fairly dear, our friendship pretty dear, and uh, I want to rate it really low just to piss her off. Yeah, I like, really do. Let me guess, zero point zero zero two. Just to agitate her, but I can't, and that's the hard part. Is I can't. Good because I, I will just... splash you and you'll get electrocuted. <laughs> that's not how AA batteries work. But yes, oh, this is the first time we've had death threats on the show. Go ahead. Oh, this is good. I Drowning's like it. an option. Yeah, yeah. I told you. If I can irritate her, I'm in. Uh, but the other thing is like, okay. What is my rating? Like, it's. I go back to this beer. It's fantastic every time. It's crushable. Yes. It's easy. You can wake up to it. You can go to bed to it. It's an all day beer. Um, True. Yeah. Then the question is like, okay, well, what would you do differently if it's not a perfect? You know, like, what would you do? There's nothing because at the end of this, this is the standard for what a wit beer is. Like, this is the actual standard. And I don't mean like, hey, this is what we believe it should be like. No, this is the literal example of what a wit beer should be like this is the historic version of the wit beer this is the current version of the wit beer this is everything involved this is what it's supposed to be i can't rate it lower than a 4.0 because it is perfect the way it is oh thanks uh, but i mean it's true though it it it, if you want to know what a actual wit beer is cellus white is is where you have to start you can explore in every range and maybe there's some that you enjoy more than others Right. Well, that's personal this, flavor for sure. This is the exact beer, and the perfect example. So yeah, it's yeah. going to be a four point Great, damn. Also, yeah. I really wish I could give it like a two point Yeah, I was like, I'm actually off. surprised that you gave it that such a score, <laughs> but I, I appreciate that because I, I mean, you guys know beer a lot and and very well, and like you, well, I mean, you. you pick well, beers. We to. Uh, yeah, I know. Yeah, especially this one, but <laughs> like you, you pick it for your bar, so she it's like. At Tim. <laughs> I know that's my thumb. That was at you. Yeah. <laughs> um, Take that. Yeah, exactly. So, and you're exposed to so much versus I am. Like, I mean, I am too, but I'm also kind of biased. You know, I'm always around it, so I'm like, oh yeah, of course I'll have my own beer. Like, why not? Yeah. Um. So I appreciate that. Yeah. yeah. All right. Just so real. it's your turn. I should have. What do you the, rate your own beer? Uh, oh. <clears throat> Biased. I'd say also four. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, but, but, biased or not? I mean, as long as it's no, your I do. Truth. I really do. I do really like this one because, the, like we were just saying, you know how, and so it begins <laughs> spilling already. Um, I have a drinking problem. <laughs> but 
you know, not only the drinkability, but like the nice brightness up front. I, I, I really desire, you know, some of the beers that I have, like all day drinkers, right. To have a little bit of a, an oomph to it. And I think this one, you know, the style Belgian whip beer has that with also the, the simplicity of just a beer. Would you say it has girth? Yes. Jake's really into girth. Yeah, I was like, I don't know how to answer that yeah, one. We're, we're really into it girthy. It class. Yes. How about that? Oh, it's got class. Yeah, classy girth. Classy girth. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. it's not over the top. Yeah. It's not like yeah, a yeah, cheese yeah. It's, it's very subtle. Perfect. Like, it's... it's yeah. Just the right amount. Yeah. Yeah. It, you know what? Not I, a show-off here. You know? <laughs> it's, it's like, I'm good. I'm, I, you know, I know I'm good, but... You're good too, you know. That's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Not only is it confident, it inspires confidence sp- in others. Yeah, if there beer can speak, that's what it would say. Nice. <laughs> it, thank you so much for being willing to sit in the hot tub with us and talk shit and talk beer at the same oh, time. Oh yeah, that's the best combo. Absolutely love it. Um, it. It is. It is exciting to have you here. Thank you for for being brave enough to rate Celis White with us. Which <laughs> and I think sit in a tub with me. Oh yeah. I, I think I, I think Jake had some great words there. That like this is <laughs> this is the standard that your grandfather, the legend, uh, has brought in, and you're you're getting to carry on this name, and it's going to be a lot of fun. And we're going to talk about that later. We're going to take a quick break, and we're going to come back with the Celis pitch. Ooh. Welcome to Hot Tub Beers, where we wear orange-flavored condoms in the hot tub. Except me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So on the on the break, Jake made a... <laughs> Lady uh, condom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Lady condom. <laughs> when we're on, that's the next thing on the hot on the hot tub sunglasses. Lady condoms. Um, Orange flavored lady condoms. Thanks to hot tub beer condoms. While we were uh, while we were on the break, uh, Jake Jake revealed to us he wears condoms in the hot tub. That way we don't get yeast infections. Uh, that well, way he I doesn't don't. get a yeast right, infection. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been raw dogging the hot tub this whole time. Yeah, I'm wearing a speedo and a condom. Oh Double my down. goodness! Yeah, this is. Uh, no comment. No comment. <laughs> Daytona's over in the corner. Uh, oh my goodness! Nice. Well, we're we're bringing it around and seeing who's going to be the first brewery to fill our tub full of beer. And, yes. Um, so far, it's been Sierra Nevada and Southern Star on the table. Uh huh. But Celis may be on the table now. Maybe. So it's maybe. Maybe. On the table. So either way, it's a race to absolute epicness of having a bunch of uh, beer industry people drinking beer in a tub full of beer at a brewery. Should we just like put straws in? Oh, you know what? Somebody asked me about this. Gross. My biggest thing is like jump alcohol, in, it. and I will do one cup as soon as we get in. No, no, no. After, that, after. it's got to be after the podcast. Get me though. drunk enough, and I might. <laughs> <laughs> It's like that whole like uh, the gr- the girl selling her bathwater or something. Except oh, it's yeah. like a bunch of hairy dudes in Daytona. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe we should be selling hot tub water. Maybe that needs to be an income stream. We could. I mean, if there's a girl selling farts in a jar. Why can't we sell hot tub water? That I don't know. True. Maybe you could sell your hot tub condoms. <laughs> Damn it! I gotta start wearing condoms in the hot tub. <laughs> That's a whole fifty cents an episode, ladies. Hot tub condoms by Jake. I condoms are more expensive. Batteries not that. included. <laughs> <laughs> Like, like Tony, I am glad you're here, and and I'm glad that that <laughs> glad our that. our offensive jokes don't offend you. And you're oh, sitting yeah, I'm here glad laughing. that there's beer involved. Tony's oh. been friends with me for like four years. If like she couldn't handle this moment, she couldn't have handled the other. Nice. Years. No, that's actually true. Yeah, that's, exactly that's pretty true. much what it is. When you wind up at a random bar doing shots of Grand Meunier at like one o'clock in the morning after they closed, yeah, that's that's real friendship right there. Yeah. Real friendship. Good times. <laughs> Speaking of real friendship, we, on the first segment, highlighted 
Pierre Sellis. Ooh, look at that port. And the Sellis story. And you mentioned that part of the Sellis story was your mom. Yes. Moving over here with Pierre to start this brewery, right? Mm-hmm. And, and my dad. Mm-hmm. I think that that Christine, well, I don't think. I think it's known and, and well known that Christine Sellis is a huge component of this this uh, this whole story. Oh, yes. Right? And so I wanted to kind of touch base on her and her role as this has continued. You bought the name back, and you know what her role has been, and and how it's gone. What what is her? Uh, story her component to the legend yeah i mean without her this would have all been so different i mean there wouldn't have been you know sell us 2.0 if you will um but she i mean she is a busy lady she loves this is i mean she loves beer she loves this industry and she's She's the sweetest lady ever she literally grew up in the brewery i mean she would when my grandfather was brewing in his backyard she would play in the mash tun and help scoop spent grain out that is and hilarious. she would fill kegs at, you know at the time it was just a hose and you would just dump it in an open vessel and he my grandfather would say okay when it reaches here you turn it off and she's like okay so she's freaking kegging at like five years old being a badass <laughs> that's you amazing know? but she man my mom's definitely one of my superheroes she has gone through so much with i mean everyone with life in general but like with the Sella story of you know, in Belgium. And then she saw the fire happen in 1985. She had to call my grandfather who was in, in, uh, Arizona at the time. She was like, you know, dad, Oh my God. He's like, Oh my God, you crashed my car. Didn't you? She's like, (laughs) even better. Yeah. She's like, no, I I wish, but you know, this happened, the fire. Um, wait, wait. So were they primarily speaking English to each other? Or no, Flemish? it was all Flemish. So you're going to have to redo that story with the Flemish version of mm-hmm. how she said it. Papa, ik moet iets zeggen. is kapot. See, this story is even better that yeah, way. Yeah, right? So, but, um, what was I saying? Oh, God, I already lost track. Sorry, that's my bad. So she yeah. was fired. She was calling him, and he was in Arizona. She's yeah, calling him yeah. to tell him that the brewery burned. Yeah. So Decluse, when it when it burned down in '85, um, a fire burned down half of it, and so they, you know, the ambulance, not ambulance, the fire department called my mom in in uh, in Flemish, you know, of course, and they're like, Christine. <laughs> this <laughs> podcast comes with Flemish subtitles. It's yeah, okay. yeah. Thank God. <laughs> um, so you know, she she had called him and. I think she is so similar to my grandfather in strength and innovation and just you know, passion with this industry. And uh, she just never gives up. And so, you know, my grandfather told her when she told him about the fire, he was like, okay, you know, that, that, won't, that won't stop me. I could, that we can fix this because I don't want to give up. I still I owe this to my, this town. I owe this to my employees. I will. I refuse to just give up so simply and let all these people, all the all my employees, just go home without a job. I, I don't. I don't want to do that. And same thing with us. Like when we had the chapter eleven. Um. I mean, I can't say all details, but you know what happened initially was like when we opened in 2017 um the budget was blown right and so after several months like it came to the point where it was like okay we we need to do something and at the time some of the um board members uh 
you know, my mom was also part of that and they would make like some of the decisions was like okay well it's either chapter 11 or chapter 7 which 7 is you know bankruptcy uh, liquidation she was like i want to do anything i can to keep this around and i i i will not give up so so easily i know this has been you know a tough time but i'm going to do what i can and you know they they all quit at the same time mm-hmm. the same week they all left so it was just her and she was like fine i've never done this before but i can do it you know people this happens to people and businesses and if they can do it so can i and i will overcome whatever it is and i did you know i did everything i could to help her and um there is some definitely tough times i mean that's especially for someone with a with a brewery like this or just a business in general i mean this is something that your dad started you you know and they were so close and this is everything for her and the family name like your name and your legacy and your image and everything and so a lot of emotion and you know some people are like well i just don't want to deal with that emotion and and i or i can't handle it i want to do and that's totally fine you know but she was like i i'm gonna look past that because i want to see the future and i want to have everyone who's chosen to to work for us and and be with Celis to still have their job and not worry uh, to t- about like taking care of their family and you know paying their mortgage like i want i want everything to to get better yeah and so that's she, such a beautiful parallel right there right well, thank you like like it, it really is i'm sitting here listening to you and like it's like history repeating itself right yeah. so pierre's brewery burns down he doesn't care. He's going to fight back. He's going to persevere. He's going to keep this going yeah, because he cares about tough. the people that he that he uh, yeah. employs and the people that he supports. Right? Yeah. There's an incredible amount of selflessness there uh, that that that's that's huge, and I think we we miss a lot in today's society. And then, however many years later, this whole happens. Chapter eleven goes down, and we got kind of almost like a financial burning down of the brewery. And Christine steps up and does the same thing her dad did years ago. Yeah, and that's that's a beautiful parallel. I love that. Yeah, and it's just it's it's tough because I mean nowadays there's so many more rules and regulations, and lawyers are expensive, and and there's a lot more breweries, and it's and you know, and some people with social media, it's so easy for people to say their opinion without seeing their consequences, you know, like yes. seeing the result of their actions. And people just assume because they read one thing. It's like, okay, well, there's so much more to it. You know, you got to look past what you see and you got to, if you're, if you're going to comment or, or, or think of something, like you got to look at the whole picture here. Yes. You know? Um, I'll tell you what, this conversation is making this beer taste even better. Ooh. Hell yeah, speaking yeah. of. <laughs> I love it. I love everything you're saying right now. Keep going. <laughs> but um, just seeing how how much she has grown and, and how much I have you know learned from her just just simply from just from her being tough as nails and, and like, okay, well, shit happens and we can we can do this. We can do this. And so that mentality. And you know, put a number on the reiteration or the 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 rise of Celis Brewing again and so here we are with the latest version of you said this was an original recipe from Pierre yes, correct yes so we we launched this last year or sorry this year I, I already think it's 2022 now <laughs> we, only, we got a few days left yeah yeah this will be released in 2022 yeah but we can talk about it 2021 yeah so um 
Yeah, this is the first time that we we had we launched it. Um, and so the base of it is a Celis White, just like the Raspberry and Creek. We tweak a little bit. Okay. And then all of our fruit juice, all of our fruit beers is just real fruit juice. So we don't add any, like, extracts or just all fake stuff. Okay. We want, because I, the real stuff, the real fruit really changes the flavor and aroma. I mean, it tastes so much better. I think everyone can testify to that. Absolutely. You know? And so this is just real peach concentrate juice. And are you are you sourcing so, the peaches locally, or is this where are you getting the peaches from? So we have we uh, we threw some in from Fredericksburg, but nice. there's there's not enough Fredericksburg peaches for the volume, so we got it from uh, from another company that I actually cannot recall at this moment in time. But that's kind of cool, though. There's still a little bit of taste of Texas in there. Oh yeah, you gotta, you gotta. Yeah, I ate a lot of them as is, but uh. <laughs> that's, that's that's part of the story I think that fascinates me as well is this this purely Belgian brewer coming over and sitting in the heart of Texas and completely and totally just not they become part of Texas. Yeah, like this is this is part of Texas culture now. This isn't this isn't its own standalone Belgium guy that came over and started a brewery years ago. Celis has become part of Texas culture, and now you're even putting Fredericksburg peaches in the damn beer. That's pretty damn cool. Oh wow! I actually never thought of that that of it that way. That's you awesome. You are Texas. Yeah, yeah. That's really cool. I mean, it, that's that was one of the things when when I sold this in the grocery stores as as Carlos's little little uh, lackey there uh, was that. You're telling this story, and I was like, you know, St. Arnold's likes to claim that they're the oldest brewery in Texas. Well, Celis would be if Miller Coors hadn't sold them out, those jerks. And so, uh, true. I, yeah, I, I, true. I love that story. I love. They're only I two love years earlier than them. <laughs> yeah. it, it counts. Yeah, it, yeah. It counts. Two years, two seconds. You're still first. Yeah. Yeah. Are you calling Brock out? Yeah, yeah, because he has Ooh. not come on our show, and he has not responded to any of the. We've we've invite if he listens no. to the podcast we've invited him. Yeah, but he doesn't listen to the podcast. He doesn't listen to the podcast. No, why is he too good for us? Probably. Why don't we just take a selfie and send it to him? Like, we could do hey, that. Brock. Okay. Yeah. How you it's doing? It's gonna go down. Yeah. Hey, Brock. Bring Get that white noise. Coward. Bring the white noise. Ooh, white noise with Celis White side by side. Side by Actually, side. Actually, yeah, because well, because I was telling you this earlier, right? And so him and I sit across the room. We're like, hey. Part of the uh, <laughs> part of the legend there was like I heard this random story that because Pierre had taught Brock how to brew Belgian wits, that white noise was basically Celis White or an homage to Celis White. Uh, so I've never had them side by side. But have you been to their facility before inside? I'm St. Arnold's. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Did you? And you did a tour inside the 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 brewery. I did a tour inside the brewery. That was years and years ago. Did you see the? Pierre Celis tank. I did not see the Pierre Celis tank. I don't tank. think I've ever. There's a Pierre Celis tank. Yeah, so they have they have their their tanks are named after um, saints, and so Pierre Celis is one of them. Oh, yeah. that's and awesome! Went, uh, Him and Michael Jackson, the brewer, yeah. and a lot of like really yeah. big names. Yeah, and so I went with a group of my girlfriends, uh, like a road trip for you a day. Friends? No, I don't. I paid them actually. Nice. We'll be your friend. Consider Hot Tub Beers your well, friend. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, thank you're you. welcome. Um, but we went to St. Arnold's and we arrived like an hour before they opened. So we're like hanging around, just being super stupid in front of their place. Checks out. Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> so they're like, okay, fine. You guys can come in. We're like, woo, all right, let's get drinking. So we got a tour. And then they're like, oh my God, Dave. 
my god look look over there and it was pierce ellis like bright i have a picture of it on my phone but it's like one of their bright tanks and i just was like in awe i had no idea and i, I freaked out i was like oh my god you did they know no who idea. you were when they let you in yeah i told her, i was like i i've been wanting to come here and you know i don't know if you know but like my blah 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 and they're like oh yeah cool i i know you guys and um, this was, I was still working at Uncle Billy's at the time. No, I like just quit. It was like that month okay. that I quit. So it was, it was the year before we opened. It was 2016. I went. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Very nice. Very I'm going to come nice. back to this beer. So this oh, yeah. beer is the white with peach added. And it's that simple. That simple. That simple. So simple I will peaches. say this. The like peach, eight or nine ingredients. That the simple. peach changes the pro t- profile. Like, not completely, but there is a different vibe off this beer for sure than, than the white for sure, right? Yo, yeah, it doesn't yeah. taste just like white with a little bit of peach added. No. The the peach there really does stand on its own two feet. It really does a good job of like changing that beer and making it its own. Yeah, because we want we we didn't want it to be that. We didn't want people to think, oh, I'm drinking Salus White with some peaches. It's like no, this is pesh. Like. Uh, we a peach and strawberry are like one of the hardest fruits to to get enough flavor of without being too fake or too artificial in my opinion mm-hmm. um but i i think like just the amount of the right amount of good real juice added you don't need a whole lot of other elements to get that flavor i mean i think it rounded out very well you still got like a nice tartness a little bit of that sweetness in there yes not too much. It knocks back the clove a little bit. Yes. Uh, it, it knocks back those those other flavors that are traditional with the Belgian wit. They're not completely hidden. Right. But they're there. And, but you could tell that they're behind the peach, uh, which is which is kind of cool. I like that uh, because uh, obviously peach is the name. Like it, it takes it front and center. Um, but it is it is super light and clean to me. And how about that cute color scheme? It <laughs> is a cute color scheme you have there. <laughs> Like gold Those, red. It is like golden and red and it's it's uh the red is kinda like this metallic holographic red mm-hmm. on there. It is uh it's an eye catching can. Yeah, and we wanted to like filter it out a little bit just to, oh thank you. Just have like a like It is less hazy. So do you filter yeah. this one and not the white? Mm-hmm. Correct, yeah. Okay. And the the creek is also filtered because we wanted to showcase the color. And ah, okay. We, we Again, this was our first time making the creek or the the peach, so we didn't do a trial batch. So we thought the color was going to be like a little bit on like the more golden side, mm-hmm. um, but this is so this is this is the first this is the first run of his recipe. Yeah. Oh, so is there still oats in this one? Yes, just a little bit. Just to add like a nice body to it. Yeah, but not enough to to, to qualify for haze or anything like that. But yeah, again, like the white, but tweaked a bit. So we don't add. Um, those spices in there. Mm-hmm. It's not, I don't this, think it's really needed. To me, this feels like a great food beer. Yes. Like this is, I want to sit down at Thanksgiving dinner with this beer. Like I, I want to invite this beer to Thanksgiving. I want to sit down with it. I want, I want to lean on the couch with it when I'm done and I'm full of turkey. Like I just want to hang out with this beer all day long on the holidays. That was really. oddly sexual. It is. It is. But sometimes. Give it its own chair. It, yeah. <laughs> it what if I just it. want to cuddle with it? A little bit of you lingerie on the beer. You yeah. Could it, could, it, could it be a love seat? Yes. Ah. 
you can make it into a love seat there by you the go. sound of it. Mm. Nice. Nice. <laughs> Take a shot. Oh, man. That's, well, that's uh, if, you, if you hear a noise. Noise? Yeah. Noise. Yeah. Jake's, Jake's a lot better at it. Yeah, you have to take a shot every time you hear noise. Yeah, that's okay. the hot tub you're drinking. In. Got it. Yeah, and I that's think the I just first said one invented in a row. Yeah, does it count if if we say it? No, no, only you. It's only if I say it. Uh, so if you say it, we have to take a shot, or you do? Y'all do. I've already, I've been noise noise. <laughs> <laughs> so Jake, I'm going to throw you under the bus this time. Okay, as always, I'll please take do. it. Ah, uh, you know, and, and I I think as we rate these I, I feel like this is like an increasingly hard uh brewery to rate it really is uh and one of the things with this beer i think it's fantastic why why is it hard hmm hmm there well there's a lot of aspects to what's going on here it's not just like hey this beer's good how do you feel about it like there's so much more involved with this uh but overall i think the flavor is very very pleasant up front it's definitely a very sharp contrast to shiner cheers Yes, <laughs> but so different. Uh, very it different. Is, it is different. I'd like to do a side-by-side comparison. Just curious. We can do that. I'm not going to like the Shiner Cheer, though. I don't know. But the, it's just so the, artificial yeah. to me. The, the big thing with this beer is, although it's so good up front, it's so easy, I get so much palate fatigue from this beer. It's a lot like for... I feel like having a full six pack. It's like, to me, it's a lot. Yeah, for, I mean, just, for the flavor, you know what I mean. Even having a whole one is a little bit like you gotta love peaches to to drink a lot. I mean, I I, I this is actually one of my favorite ones. Um, probably right after the Grand Crew. That's our triple. But Aww. then I would say peach. But I love peaches so much. I, I've had a full six pack, and I'm like, I feel great. Let's do another one. You know, see, it's I not love, too much for me. I love peaches as well, but I feel like I would be much happier with this if this was just a little bit less peach. Mm. Because after a half a glass, it's like, okay, that's like, it's still going. Like it is still very strong, and it, it like, yeah. and when when I say palate fatigue, I don't mean like, hey, my palate's like worn out and I'm not gonna taste as much. I mean like, literally, I feel fatigued from how much I am tasting. Like it is like. Wow, that like that peach really keeps on giving. So if you love peach, this is perfect. Yeah. For me, it's a little overwhelming uh, as you keep going. I'm gonna I'm gonna go three point five five six nine. Obviously. Uh, obviously. Uh, but I mean, it's it's very good. It's very good. It's just it's the 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 continuity of how aggressive that peach is. Yeah. It, like it's every sip still tastes like the first sip you're saying. Exactly. Yeah. It's aggressive all the way through. And I think that's awesome if you're maybe in the middle of the summer or you're feeling a little bit fruity, which mm. Tim that's every day. Uh but it's it's good. <laughs> I just went it that is good. I like I like its crispness. I like its it's But it's like a full body one. Yeah. It's almost like a it's a dessert. Yeah. Mm. Beer, I, I would say, yeah, yeah it, oh, it good call. Really, mm. I had it with lemon sorbet, dessert, mm. Le- so good, literally All right, amazing. So I'll come back over uh, to this with a, a nice vanilla bean gelato or something. No, 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 Ooh. it's got to do like like do a like a lemon sorbet. I swear, oh. like that tartness. Oof, because it's not hungry. it's light flavor I'm gonna, already. I'm gonna ask uh, yeah yeah pool pants uh, pancake whatever her name tag is. Yes, but I'm gonna ask. Pool pants. She's a gelato expert. I'm gonna I'm gonna ask her for a pairing on this one. Yeah, uh, as well as as well as a former a reformed Houston uh, tagger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was her tag name? Yeah, 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 pancakes. Yeah, 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 pancakes. <laughs> what's a what's a Houston tag? What? She was so a graffiti. Name? She was oh. a graffiti artist. artist. Yeah, she was a tagger. Artist yeah. is in quotes. That makes sense. yeah. I'm gonna 
Okay, so we've had beers on the podcast that were peach beers. Mm-hmm. That when we tasted them, we we're like, all right. I can kind of get the hint of the peach in there. I want a little bit more peach in there. This beer satisfies that need for more peach in there. Um, and maybe goes above and beyond. But I will say this. I would rather have one beer with full peach flavor that delivers than keep searching for it in the background, right? Yes. I think the other peach beers that we've had, they're saving grace was that the backbone of that beer was a great beer in and of itself, right? Mm. And not that this one isn't, but it delivers on the peach. Uh, like yeah, it's like supposed to be peach. Correct. Instead of like a triple with peaches, for an example. I forgot who has that. Uh, oh, I've never heard of that. Somebody has a triple with peaches? Yeah. Oh, God. I don't know if I'd want a triple with peaches. Sacha? No. That sounds so sweet. I don't remember. Or maybe it's apricot. Whatever. Same family. (laughs) (laughs) Same family. Yeah, done. Same family. Uh. (laughs) I think on this one, I I really enjoy it. I really enjoy it because I can see myself opening a hot tub session with this. Now, I agree with what you said. Am I going to sit and have a whole six-pack of this one? No, probably not. Yeah. I'm not going to sit and have a whole six-pack of this one. Am I going to want in at 8 in the morning in the hot tub and say, I need to start with the pitch? Yeah, I, I really do think so. I think this is something that, you know, I'm going to fire up the hot tub, come in here when it's cold outside, and start with this beer, and I think then keep moving. I think this is a really good beer. I, I love the fact that it delivers everything that's advertised on the can, and it fits beautifully into, uh, I think, the, the choice to filter it. Not only adds to the flavor, it adds to the aesthetic of the beer. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's, it's a really nice choice. I'm going to go... Mm, I think this is going to be my 4.0. I, I really do. I think, it, it, and not necessarily because this is something that I'm going to go to the hot tub and drink the entire hot tub session, but I think when we define 4.0, it's something that I need when I get in the hot tub. I think at 8 in the morning when I'm firing up the hot tub and I get here, I need this to start my session. I need this as the fruit juice to, to start the session. I think this is a really, really nice and well-done beer. Well, thank you. I yeah. mean, and this one is like, it's not even like a... It doesn't even taste like a beer. I mean, I, I it's not what you would think of, oh, when I'm, I'm going to crack open a beer. And, you know, this is a very nice alternative. It's still a beer, but a unique take on it. You know what I mean? It is. And what's nice about these types of beers that we, we love doing so much is blending. So we do, we blend a lot of our beers together, but also a lot of... Um, like cocktails, so champagne with that. Do you, oh, you know that's you can beautiful. Make, you can oh, where'd you some- learn that one from? You're welcome, listeners. <sighs> anyway, the, the, <laughs> the bromosa was was from me. Yeah, I, I, that's yeah. True. It was Celis uh, raspberry with a uh, with sparkling wine. It's fantastic. And uh, you don't do it. Hmm. I haven't had raspberry in a while. Raspberry. Rasp. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 going to be another question uh, on the podcast, and it's going to be directed to both of you. Uh, when are we getting Grand Crew at Thistle Draft Shop? That question is from John himself. It is from John himself, but I'm going to present that by proxy, uh, just because I'm going to selfishly want some Grand Crew myself. I second that. Uh, uh, well, so the Grand Crew is actually now officially year-round. Nice. Ooh. Yeah, so the raspberry and... 
and raspberry and grand crew would always swap after six months but this time because we have the peach and creek that we launched um you know last year and then like the year before that um that's gonna be part of our fruit series so then the yeah the grand crew is gonna be year-round and i don't know exactly when uh our distributor will pick it up but now that it's an option i'm gonna uh there still needs to be work done to, to figure that answer out. Do we need to bully your distributor Please. via podcast? Please do. Who's your, your Silver Eagle? Mm-hmm. Hey, Silver Eagle, you cowards. <laughs> Pick it up. I'm going to stay out of this one. Normally, you stay out yeah, of this one? I will, but you... Uh, no, no, no. I'm going to jump in. I'll take the heat for all of us yeah, here. Yeah, I'm, I'm out. I'm out. I didn't hey. say this. I didn't advise this. <laughs> Silver Eagle, pick it up. And the first time the whole tub's been uncomfortable except for you. <laughs> I'm like sweating here. Oh, boy. Send an email. I'm sorry. Right. I still but, want my bishop barrels, but, please. But please. I still please. want my bishop barrels. Listen, Silver Eagle, also. Pretty please. Have a sense of humor. Pretty please. Oh. <laughs> Wait, I, I didn't say I, that. I'm just joking. I didn't say that. <laughs> yes. So it's your turn. To rate it? To rate it. Man, I, I, I do love this one a lot. I'm going to say... But I already said 4.0 on that one. So I I will say 3.998732. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Nine nine eight seven. Just because I don't want to say 4 for all of them, you know? I feel like an ass. <laughs> no, 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 I understand it, it. But this is this is your beer. This is your family. This is this is your this your your legacy. This is your legend uh, that we're talking about in the hot tub, which I think is is super cool. I think if you rated every beer at 4.0, nobody here would be pissed and, and call it out. But I but I like the humility of saying like I'm not going to rate everyone at 4.0. That's 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 but really close. really cool. Then but like, but really, yeah, yeah, that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> so no, but I do. I will you know concur with you about like. It is a lot of peaches, you know, up front. And, like, every sip, it is still peach. But I like that, you know. I, I do, too. I do, too. I, I think that's right, and I agree with you. Yeah. Like, I, I don't want it to fade. You know, you told me I'm going to yeah. get peaches in every mouthful. I want a I mouthful guess of peaches. It, yeah, and I guess it's because you I've been... here first. Daytona and Tim, like, mouthfuls of peaches. Yeah, dude. I love peaches. They're my favorite fruit. Yeah. But I think we it's also high-fived. just because I've been more on the disappointed side when I get peach beers I'm like oh, I fucking love peaches yeah and then to me it's not enough or I get some other flavor I'm like that ain't peaches and so finally this one I'm like mm, peaches see I all thought you were perfect up until this moment this is like my realization she's not perfect she is a human nobody's perfect sorry she to, is a human sorry to burst your bubble nobody's perfect Jake yeah I'd beg to differ. Except, except <laughs> black, except Black Betty. Except for Black Betty over there staring yeah. at us longingly with her old dog eyes. She's perfect. She is. Yeah. She's she, well. She doesn't suck too bad. So, <laughs> Daytona, thank you, thank you again for coming in and bringing these this beers to us and, and and letting us try and and sampling all this with you and, and giving us your honest opinion and the story of Celis. And so we're gonna have one more segment. We're gonna come back with the Cherry Creek. And the last segment is going to be all about cherries and Daytona. Oh, yeah. Here at Hot Tub Beers, we have declared the pandemic over. And when the dust has settled, this old draft shop is still standing. This unique craft beer bar located at 5210 FM 2920 in Spring, Texas, is still pouring some of the best beer in the state. 
And in spite of everything that's been thrown at the beer and restaurant industry lately, owner Mary Thorne has continued to create a community of clientele that makes you feel at home every time you step in the doors. Beer buyer Jake Thorne is continually bringing in incredible offerings, sure to impress everyone from the new kid on the block to the most seasoned craft beer aficionado. Haven't been able to find a beer you like? Their selection of ciders, wines, and seltzers will not disappoint. Beer's not the only trick this pony plays. No one in the area can rival the food coming out of the kitchen. From Vietnamese wings to oyster po' bows to brats with house-made sauerkraut, there is something for everyone in the family. Check out the menu at thistledraftshop.com and follow on Instagram at thistledraftshop. Pop on in. I'm sure we'll see you there. Oh. <gasps> Welcome. Welcome to Autumn. <laughs> Uh, podcast beer. beer where we drink beer in a hot tub <laughs> that's a good call that's, that's a very accurate description <laughs> probably the best intro we've had so far so it, it is it's, it's very accurate uh, if you noticed the uh, hot tub piano stylings at the beginning of the segment like were exactly that's beautiful <laughs> uh, that was that was uh, written and directed by Daytona Camps mm, and composed oh composed yes as well all composed was probably the better word than directed yeah. correct yes yeah. I mean that would be that, that would be y'all directing this podcast ah uh, yeah except for that segment that was just all you that was we actually director. I was for a second noise yeah yeah uh, I, we, we, we we tend to assign titles we have a cultural attache we do yeah what's my title Oh, beer pianist. Oh, beer, I'm beer, not, I'm beer not, pianist. I'm not at all a pian. I am not a musician whatsoever. So I'm tone deaf. I don't think I've ever Hopefully, given you a title. I think, let's make that the goal of this next segment. Before we're done with this next segment, Daytona Camps will have a hot tubs beer title. Uh, become on the official staff. Now, once you have a title, you are on the official staff. Give me my own sunglasses. That opens, <laughs> that opens wine bottles instead. Ooh. How about that? Sounds uncomfortable. Uh, yeah, it does. It cash does. me outside. Cash me outside. <laughs> <laughs> Cork me outside. Cork me outside. <laughs> Just because so, the, the, that, that sounds weird. I would say that sounds pretty um, forward. Just go ahead and cork me outside. That's all right. We're we're pretty we're pretty forward here on hot Cor- tub beers. Hey, quirky is you know personality, right? It is quirky. I'm pretty sure that's Kirk quirky. Quirk. Oh yeah, you're right. Quirky, quirky. Same thing. Potato, potato. Yeah. Tomato, tomato. We are here. We're gonna have this is the last segment in the Celis episode. And for now, for now, correct. We're taking a bit of a deviation, and we're from. What we have been drinking. So we started out with Celis White. We went to Celis Petch, which was the white with peaches added and filtered. Okay. And now we're going to the Cherry Creek. Yeah. So the, the creek is... So there's two types of cherries in Belgium. Okay. And uh, so you have Creek and then Kerzen. And Kerzen is the dark sweet cherries that normally you see in like cherry pies and then you have creek which is a bright tart cherries mm-hmm. and it's a it's like one of the native fruits in belgium and a lot of my family members grew um cherry trees and i as a little kid because i would go every month with my brother uh sorry <laughs> not every month i wish for a month every summer um and my grandmother had this huge huge house and she had like three cherry trees and they had cherries everywhere. And I always thought they were the good ones that you would eat at the grocery store. And I would eat them, and they were disgusting. They were so tart and acidic. It was awful. And that's that. <laughs> <laughs> 
The end. <laughs> and is that the, is that the cherry that's in here? So yeah, so the the creek is that tart cherry. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that's the same with cider though. Like the apples that we eat out of the grocery store right. are delicious and whatnot. But the the apples you use to make cider, and even the cider is delicious, mm-hmm. is not the same apple you would have you would, on the grocery store aisle. Yeah, correct. Because never the fermentation s- creates such a change in flavor. Yeah, that they're so sour, so tart. And that is one thing I've, I've definitely learned from doing this podcast and sat with so many beers, right? Just because you put something in with a flavor profile that you're expecting is not the flavor profile that you're going to get out. Yeah, so brewers are going to have to be, that. yeah, that, that's, that is definitely something like brewers, that, that's kind of one of the things that I kind of admire about what y'all in the on the brewing end of the industry are doing is there takes some artistry and some calculation to come in on the front find the ingredients in the flavor profile to figure out exactly what you're going to get on the back end and what you want to produce for right. the customer, which is kind of a cool art. Yeah, and honestly, my my if I if I were to ever give advice in beer, I would always say, like, work backwards. Like, always start off with a product, like a finished product. Like, try out a beer that you want, that you strive to, to create, right? And then... And then yeah, just work backwards all up until you your 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 malt bill, because that can help a lot with you know your outcome and and I think you'll have a little bit more control that way when making recipes. Okay, and so and I'm glad you're I'm glad you're offering brewing advice because this segment what I want is <laughs> is I want to hear about you. I know Daytona. we've talked about Pierre, we've talked about Christine. I want to hear about Daytona. I want to hear about the role that you're playing in Cellus, the role that you have played in Cellus, and the role that you're going to play in Cellus as it as it continues. Also, where you started would be pretty dope too with all of that. Yes. Yeah. Um, so i I started brewing when I was 19, and I, I actually let me just. Back what are you up. now? 24. Huh, I'm 27 now. <laughs> <laughs> but so actually, let me Wait. go. Oh. I think this is the youngest we've had in the hot tub. I just now put those two together. I'm pretty sure this is the youngest we've had in the hot the tub. the youngest we've had in the hot tub. 27? Yeah. Really? Yeah. We're a bunch of old, hairy, fat men. <sighs> yeah. I'm I'm kind of old, Celis. Daytona. <laughs> yeah. You, you, now you I'm broke even calling you. Yeah. So what, what's, is that my title? Like newbie or baby? Like little? Oh. I don't well, know. We're not rude. Just youngest is yeah. fine. Okay. Cool. We'll refine it as the segment goes on. Sweet. I like Prodigy. it. <laughs> I I'll take Prodigy. Prodigy. Um, so it actually started in 2011. So my grandfather passed away in 2011, and I was a junior in high school. And at the time, you know, that's when you're f- figuring out what you want to do and where you want to go to college and what you, where you're going to apply to. And I was like, I have no idea. And I was terrified of selecting a college or, you know, a uh, degree that I wasn't interested in and then be in debt, you know, with a student debt. And then that's scary as a kid. Right. Oh, that's and scary. No matter how old you are. I was about to say, or actually yeah. any age, but <clears throat> so I wanted to really think about my, my decisions. And, um, I, I found out that he passed away. Um, and that's when so many people reached out to my mom and, you know, giving con- condolences and, and, you know, the stories that they've had with him and, and the inspiration that he's given or just the, the, the story in general. And um, I always knew that, you know, my family had the brewery, but I didn't understand, like I didn't, gra- um, you know, understand the gravitas of the whole 
story and the situation. And after it wasn't until after you passed away, I really realized like how important it was and how, how much inspiration he gave. And, um, so I, I was actually very interested in, in being a brewer because I love to, you know, work with my hands and, and create something, especially that, that people enjoy and, and actively choose to consume and are excited to. And they're like, oh man, I got this six pack. You want to try it? And people are like, you know, it's just, it's like its own culture in itself. Mm-hmm. And I, I really enjoyed the art of it because, you know, wine, you, you can make so much, but I feel like you're very limited to only certain flavors where beer, you have, you know, fruit, you have a pumpkin and you have, I mean, you know how many options there are. There's pastry Correct. stouts and it just, it never ends, it seems, and seltzers. And um, so at least, you know, a lot more creativity is available. So then I... Um, Double coffee porters. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly, and so I went to ACC uh, just to get my my uh, bachelor or like a, a basic um, degree, and because I had an opportunity to brew at a home uh, at a home brew store, my gosh, I don't know where that came from at a little brew pub in Buffalo, New York, and it was a three and a half barrel system, and they just opened up, and they were looking for a brewer, and the owner of it is Bill Metzger, and he he owned um, Brewing News Magazine. Okay. So he, he knew a lot and it was like a perfect opportunity because he could teach me so much. And also this is my chance to, to get out of Austin. I was born and raised in Austin. So I, uh, I was like, oh, fuck yeah, I'll leave for like three months. It was initially three months, but I loved it so much. I stayed for a full year and I wanted to stay longer. Um, but yeah, I mean, I was brewing a three and a half barrel system. I, I learned so much from incredible people and my brewer, my head brewer at the time, Matt, uh, named Matt, he worked at, um, Breckenridge, Breckenridge a long time ago. And, um, so I left with like really good, uh, like a really good taste in my mouth about beer and the industry. And so then I, I came back home to Austin and I worked at Uncle Billy's brew pub for two years. And then, um, and that, that was a 20-barrel system, so I learned a little bit more about production and then also distribution. We launched uh, distribution as well in in Austin, and um, so I learned even more, like, a different aspect of it. And then now with Celis, it's it's a 50-hectoliter uh, system, which is 42.6 barrels, but we do two batches to fill one of our 120-barrel fermenters. Um, so it was, you know, a lot larger scale. And so now you get to learn about you know, I don't want to say mass production. We're not, you know, like Budweiser or anything, but... But scaling it, is a big deal. Like it's, huge. Not, it's not a consistent thing. Yeah, huge, huge deal. And um, because you, it, one little, like, batch of beer costs thousands versus just a couple hundred, um, you know? And, and yeah, so I was brewing 19, and then I was brewing up until 20, uh, ni- 19 when we had the Chapter 11, you know, still brewing, but I was doing a lot more like office work mm-hmm. and handling like HR and payroll and uh, phone calls. And, and of course, during my brewing time, um, you know, t- 17 and 18, I was doing sales as well, but more so for like events or um, like meet the brewer things. And uh, I did a lot of demoing like HEB and samples. Um, and then, yeah, 2019, I was doing the 
like more paperwork documents. And then I moved on to um, still brewing like here and there and then uh, sales side. So I was, you know, a sales rep in Austin area and then um, Houston as well. I was visiting like once a week or sorry, for a week, once a month. Um, yeah. As, as for the future, I don't know. So okay, so <laughs> it seems now seems like I dabble in everything. <laughs> do you do you still participate in brewing at the brewery right now? So we have currently we have um, two brewers. So we have Scott and then Diana, who's a female brewer, by the way, nice. from El Paso. Um, so I'm really happy that we have another female brewer. But uh, so they're brewing. Um, but I, I'm like there checking in and and. I'm not like physically brewing it, but I like to be involved. Um, but I help with packaging because we, you know, with, with COVID and there's not a lot of, of people willing to work still. It seems like, mm-hmm. I mean, we have, we, you know, just like any business, I mean, we will send applicants, but then they either, they won't show up or they're just not a good fit or, you know, all kinds of stuff. But, um, so I help out with packaging and then still some sales and, uh, you know, emails and paperwork, and now I'm doing like a little bit of marketing side. So as 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 God willing, Silas continues to expand, right, and, and grow into what y'all want it to be. Do you see yourself as this CEO type of personality, or do you see yourself as still? Blue collar, I'm going to get in there and I'm going to brew some beer if I'm needed. I'm going to package if I'm needed. I'm going to sell beer in the grocery store if I'm needed. Where do you see yourself? Yeah, I don't really see myself as like CEO and I, I can't sit still behind a desk. Oh, God. Yeah. I, I, I am. Cheers I to that. find so much more, like personally, I, I value like the physical aspect. I enjoy that so much more because I feel more involved, you know? And, and I really enjoy talking to people about you know beer but also my family it's fun because to me it's, it doesn't even feel like work I, I feel very guilty a lot because i'm like i'm getting paid to do this this seems so wrong but it's awesome because um, I'm, I'm just hanging out and, and but people love hearing about beers and and what they're consuming and and why they should buy it again and support and visit the brewery and um so yeah i, I still i don't know it's so much can change, right, in the next year, but I, I still th- I think I'll be m- where I am right now, which is, you know, sales, brewing, marketing, like that kind of area. So, okay, so in the brewing, and in, in, I love the story of, like, starting on a three-barrel system and then moving to a larger system, and now we're over at a 60-gallon system that you're brewing two batches to fit into a 120-gallon fermenter, right? Barrel. A, a, Excuse barrel. I apologize. Huge difference. <laughs> it is yeah, a huge yeah. difference. You're right. That's like only by like 31 gallons, you know, per <laughs> number. Thank you, Jay. <laughs> so, along that journey, are there any recipes that you've developed? Any things that you would like to brew that would be strictly a Daytona flavor? Oof, man. What does Daytona taste like? I mean, beer wise. <laughs> Welcome to Hot Tub Beers. Yeah, you're cut off. <laughs> Am I though? Like, what does Daytona's beer taste like? Well, so there was only one uh, recipe that I, I, I made that uh, we first started off with. It was, it, it, was, it was the Citrus Grandis, and that was right when East Coast style IPAs came out. Okay, but I, I had I, I had some of that. Eh, 
Okay, cool. So that one was, um, granted, it was like 5%. So it was on the lower side because we were thinking like, um, you know, drinkability. Like that was our goal is balance, drinkability, and consistency. Citrus Grandis is better than Juicy. I, I, I like that one more. I mean, but people love the hops, right? And so... So, yeah, the, the Juicy is the big brother of the Citrus Grandis. So the Citrus Grandis was um, a little recipe, and, it, I mean, it did really well, but then, like, the feedback was, I want more alcohol for this price. I'm like, okay, I get it. I get it. So we just bumped it up to 7%. But okay. I'm currently uh, working on, um, along with Diana and my mom, uh, the Pink Boots recipe. So we're... Oh, cool. Nice. Yeah, so I'm in Pink Boots. Um, Austin chapter. Well, can we can we just take a moment to like shout out to Mariah for missing today? Like Mariah is a, yeah. a big uh, women's a brewer boots. fan. Yeah, she's she in is. Pink oh, Boots. Nice. Damn it! Uh, you would love. I yeah, think you might have met her. Maybe I don't know. No, maybe. I don't think you have. But either way, I just want to make sure Mariah knows how much she missed today. Well, when we unveil Grand Crew at Thistle Trap Shop, Mariah, you be there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you better be there next time, Mariah. <laughs> no, will you be there? Oh yeah. Well, wait. When? When we unveil Grand Crew. Okay, then yes. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, so we're currently um, making a recipe on that. Oh, nice. Okay, so but sneak I, I, preview, what style? IPA. Okay. Well, so I, we just ordered the hops. So the hops is actually a really nice, um, like, berry note to it. So I think it's going to be really good as a, um, like a... Is it a third coast? I, I was actually just about to say it. I was thinking, third coast IPA. I third was thinking a little IPA. bit of that. Seven and a half percent, juicy, a little bit of pine in the yep, background. That's exactly what I was going to aim, aim for, yeah. Yeah. Hell okay. yeah. Exactly. But like So a, would you say that we we have a brewery specifically brewing a beer for us? Well, that ain't me. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Maybe. But then you got to get like pink uh, swimming trunks. I got we could do that. I know you do, but yeah. you need one. I Well, I can get some. I did get a Speedo for Christmas. You got denim short my, Speedos. Yeah, I got denim That's short hilarious. Speedos for Christmas. Does that have pockets? It, it they they're they're faux Printed. pockets. Oh, yeah, man. yeah. If they had real pockets, that would sew be epic. Sew on. You could sew that shit on oh, real quick. Oh, I could. You know what? I do have a pair of jeans that are a little bit too tight that I could cut. <laughs> or do that, <laughs> but make sure have... you have like the strings uh, on the bottom. Mm. You know? Oh, yeah. I'm gonna have to reinforce them. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they're pretty tight. <laughs> they're like a size zero in women's. Okay, then that they wouldn't very even. Tight. Then they wouldn't fit on you. They they will. Oh god! Oh, I'm gonna make this work. Well, I made them short, so I might as well make them a speedo. Oh, Fuck. I think we're all uncomfortable right now. Are yeah, we? Maybe, yeah. Maybe Are not we? wearing this. <laughs> I still will. I'm wearing a speedo right now. Why would I stop there? You're not wearing a speedo. He's got it on underneath. Yeah. Oh my god! He Don't does. challenge him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. On. You've known him longer I than I have. I was just being polite, and not waving it around. That that's that's there. So, anyways, back to Daytona. Want, back to Daytona. When I want to, I want to come back to this beer just a little bit, right? So it's a Belgian style sour, uh, Creek beer, but this is a kettle sour, correct? No. Oh. So, so this one, again, the base of it is a Celsius white, tweaked a little bit. Okay. But then we add the Creek juice. So all that tartness that you get is derived from the juice itself because the ah. Creek is that tart cherry. So no lacto, no bread, no. Nope. It's not, it's not lactobacillus, it's not bretomyosis, it's not kettle sour, there's no yogurt to sour it, there's no nothing. So it's a fake That's sour. It's just 
It's just sour. No, it's in all the it's all the citric acid that's naturally in the juice. Oh, that's interesting. Okay, so w- we haven't had a sour on here that's produced like that. Yes, we have. Do we have which one? We've had so many things that say fruited sour, but they're not actually kettle sours. Like, okay, don't get me wrong. In okay. essence, this is a sour, without a doubt. It is sour. It but, is I, but I would even call it more of a tart beer than sour. I mean, I can agree with that. Okay. But there's that, a lot of beers know. labeled like that. Like, uh, yeah, yeah. oh, the Brewing Project. What about, like, B-52? Don't they all do the fruited sours? Like They like just, do, but I think they kettle? actually... I think, yeah, I think they add, add something, like some type of bacteria in the kettle to, in order to sour it. Oh, Ian, kettle sour. would you please chime in, best friend Ian? Can't chime nope, in yet. Nothing. Yeah, nothing. Yeah, we'll, we'll, wake we'll, up, we'll talk to you this weekend because we got a lot of questions to ask, anyways. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we do. So this is so this is just straight sour off the uh, the citric acid that you're adding from the fruit. Yeah. So like the the juice itself has a lot of citric acid in it. Um, so we're not like adding much to it. You know what I mean? Yes. It's just more to balance it. So you have to add. A little bit of sweetness to counteract with the acidity to make it well balanced. But if I had to, com- oh, I'm, I'm not even by the microphone. Sorry about that. Um, right, if you. if I had to compare, like this would almost be like a like a champagne beer because it's like it's got soft bubbles, very crispiness. Got it's like a really nice fruity light beer. Cellus Creek, the champagne of Cellus. Champagne yeah, Acellus. I like it. Oh. Damn, that's good. Champagne nice. Acellus. Don't worry. Y- y'all can hire me as your marketing agent. I'm, I'm good with that. Yeah. I'll Part just time. write slogans all day. Part-time. Right. Actually, for real. You can oh, hire me oh, as slogans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, uh, we're Here's asking, your beer uh, for, uh, for the hot tub. Half, half a penny for each beer sold. <laughs> Done. Well, that's a lot of pennies. I know. That's a shitload of pennies. That's, that's Where how do you, I sign? That's how you sneak it in there, Jake. Like half a penny per beer. It's not a big deal. But then when but they then sell all those beers, permanent on it's top. like the it's like the 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 eighties or nineties movie where they're like siphoning. They come up with a program to siphon all the fractions of pennies into an account, and then all of a sudden they have millions of oh, dollars. Oh, you're talking about office, office space, space. Oh, yeah. yeah. And what would you do with a million dollars? Two chicks at the same time. <laughs> oh, man. Oh. oh, what a beautiful movie! What a beautiful movie! But Classic. yes, you, you you can hire me on. I, I'll write slogans all day. Okay. I think I write slogans every time we're on a podcast. Actually, I take that back. Jonathan Shannon was the um, the inspiration for the last one. Yeah, relaxed relax as fuck. fuck. Yeah, that is good though. That was a good one. Uh, that's uh, yeah. It was we had an unnamed beer mm. uh, that that's where that came from. So he he gave us a sour, and all his sours are rustic sours. So they're wild yeast sours. Nice and. Actually, you've had them. I gave them to you last oh, yeah, time. Yeah, is that came that, in. that patience one? Yeah, with yes. the wax yeah, bottles. Yeah, yeah. yeah. those beautiful. They were good beers. Actually, you know what? So we, we talked about doing the uh, the book game, where uh, we were going to smell books and see which one was most expensive. I feel like smell Daytona books. Yes, you're gonna have to go back and listen to this episode. But it, I, I think Daytona <sighs> would fit very well into this one. <laughs> she, are you a book smell smeller? Books? I mean, I. I do actually like the smell of books. That's See? nice. Very sophisticated, elegant smell. Yeah. Nice. So, to except sum up school, but I will have to say, school textbooks always smelled awful. Yeah, like gum yeah. and like farts. Yeah, I don't know what the hell that was. Been lots of hands on those things. Yeah, it's so. nasty. Hey, you never know where those. That's probably hands where COVID started. Oh, maybe. Good call. Yeah. But to, just to sum it up real quick, Jonathan Shannon went through a store, smelled some books. Finally, he won. He wanted to brew a beer with. He bought it for four dollars. Brewed the beer with it. We looked it up afterwards. Turns out it was a hundred year old book that was about what 
$600? I think he said $600. It was about $600 worth of value that he brewed a beer with. Do you think and so he's done it four times, but the fourth one, the last one in the kettle now, he did the same thing. He goes through and he smells the book. He goes off smell alone. Nothing else. He go ahead and throws this book in the beer and then looks it up. It's a 200-year-old book worth $900. Do you think he feels very guilty Yes. Um, yeah, <laughs> like maybe I should have just sold it instead of brewed with it. He would he, see. Yes yeah, no. he he said. Yeah, that was a good question. I w- and and that would have been my initial thought. But do you think his maybe- whole deal? That was a that was a weird conversation. Like because that was the first brewery that we had on where they're like, I don't care if we go commercial. I don't care if anybody ever knows about us again. As long yeah. as the people that try our beer like our beer, which was which was kind of cool. Yeah. Right. It was it was very humble. Is it? But in order to have that stance as well. You have to have really good jobs and really good job security. Yeah, uh, which which it's not sustainable that way. Yeah. Correct, correct. Yeah, because it's not. Yeah, that's because I would argue that Cellus Hall would almost have the and, and and pick your brewery, right? I know we're picking on Cellus because we got you in the hot tub, but I don't think Cellus wants to produce shitty beer that people don't want. Like the the goal nah. there is is to produce great beer that people enjoy that we yeah. can gather around and have a good time, right? Yeah. So, but. That's your profession. Right. Yeah. Exactly. That's literally my job. But you know so, what? I don't, I don't think Jonathan Shannon felt guilty about not selling the book. I think he felt guilty about brewing the, the book. If the that age. makes sense. Like, there's enough, there's enough people that really want this book, and he brewed with it. I feel like that oh, might be some derivative. Yeah. What if he may, sold may, it to the people that wanted the book for a very inflated price? I don't know. I'm like, now like, it's got beer on it. Obviously, we need Jonathan <laughs> back in the... <laughs> We need Jonathan back in the tub, but you know. Do you think he's done like lesson learned? I was going to look up the pricing and the age. No, and no, no, because no, he did it not. again. He's done it several times since yeah. then. Fair yeah, enough. once yeah. he found out the first was six hundred, he just brewed the next he's one. Like, with okay, yeah. move on to the next one. Yeah, he's a phenomenal brewer. I mean, you've had his stuff. Yeah, he's just phenomenal. And the, that label, the artwork is just so it's beautiful. It is. Yeah. And we're talking like they're they're putting out what like fifty bottles oh. out at a time. He's not even putting out like. 2000. So, uh, touch on label and artwork, right? Cellus, do we have the same picture of Pierre and the people that started the deal on every can? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the logo. And so, we just change this color scheme per beer. Yes. Okay. Um, And so, my mom and and Mark, uh, our friend Mark Alba, so he does, he's incredible... I, just, I call him computer genius because he can fix everything. But he does a lot of our like marketing and labels. Mm-hmm. So he designs our can labels. I mean, we, when we first opened up, we had a, an agency that made it. But he has the files so he can adjust like the color scheme and you know wording this and that small stuff, right? Okay. Um, so he like they work together very closely on like certain colors and like what the colors is going to represent the beer and. Um, I, I like, I like seeing them do it because it's fun to see, you know, what other people can make of it, and you you got so many options and so many colors and, and possibilities, and I like the consistency of it. Um, but also, Mark has worked with us at the first Cellus in the '90s too. So, and we not only him, but we have so Steve and Nico, our, our original. A sellerman from the first '90s, uh, for, from the first Cellus in the '90s, and so they are also our employees. So it's oh, just, wow. it's kind of more of like a whole group thing that we like to do. Is you know, so there, there's no incarnation of Cellus at this point that isn't intertwined with the one behind it. Right. That's pretty cool. 
That's dope. That's yeah. pretty cool. Like the DNA is just pulsing throughout the entire process. Oh, yeah. I mean, have you been to the, the brewery? Is it, you, I have. Yeah, okay. So you saw I, the, I've been one time. Carlos called me and got me hooked up. I drank for free. Oh, hell yeah. But yeah. you haven't been to the beer garden. I feel like that doesn't I haven't been right. to the beer garden. I went to the brewery, gosh, you know, it was, I was still a rep at this time, which is why he For called like, like 18 then. Yes. Yeah. So like it had to have been. Yes. Yeah, so we have like all the old pictures and then of course the copper kettle. And so we, it was, it's nice to have it all entwined. Okay. So you mentioned the copper kettle. So there's this one story that I've heard that some of the original kettles from the brewery in the nineties were found in a salvage yard in the Midwest somewhere yeah, so. and brought back and are on display there. Yeah. So we had a total of, um, Three cop, no shit, four. No, it's three. Three copper copper kettles. I don't know. Why I'm tripping over here. Um, and so when we sold to Miller, they said that all of it was melted, like the copper kettles were melted. And this is hand beaten copper kettle from the late 1800s. These beautiful pieces of art. I mean, people don't make that at all anymore, especially pure copper. And um, so a friend of ours found uh, the one of the co- copper kettles in an Arizona copper museum, and they were like, holy shit, we found your kettle. And my mom was like, get the fuck out of here, no way. So she called the curator and was like, hey, you know, this is my kettle. Can I buy it back or, or have it or something? And he's like, no, I'm not going to, I can't get, get rid of this, but I do know where one of them is, and it's in a junkyard in Ohio. And this thing, like all these copper kettles were uh, outside of Michigan Brewing Company's, you know, uh, facility. So it was outside for 12 years, just getting tarnished. And you, so, so the junk guy, I don't know what you would call him. Junk 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 guy, junk guy seems appropriate. Yeah. Okay. That that guy, (laughs) he, um, he didn't even know it was copper. So my mom flew over there. It's a shitty junk guy. Yeah, checked it out and was like, holy shit, yes it is. It's that same one. I mean, it was like almost black. You couldn't tell. And and she was like, yeah, I'll buy this. And he was like, okay. It's like $1,000 or whatever. Not even. And she was like, huh, okay. So once they signed the paper, she's like, do you know what this is? Let me Mm -hmm. tell you. And he was like, holy shit, I'll I'll pay you back for, I'll, I'll buy it for this much. She's like, no, this is... This is priceless to me. Yeah. Um, so we brought it back. We cut it in half because we wanted to mimic uh, my grandfather's first bar in Belgium. And so you would sit underneath the co- the copper kettle and you could look up and see, you know, the tech. Um, oh, is that the one that's on top around the bar? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. And so the whole point is like you would look and see, you know how it was built and, and like the piping and everything. But um, unfortunately with like the the law like you it has to be covered if it's under the bar or something like that so it's wood but yes so it is our round bar and it was a three weeks of us hand scrubbing every single day for like eight hours straight we have multiple volunteers we would have drink beer eat pizza all the time uh and clean it up and and that's that <laughs> that's pretty cool yeah that's pretty cool that's a cool story that's like it's kind of a great way to come to the the rating and kind of close this episode is that it's so we're here with Daytona, who is 
you know, I'm going to go ahead and say it, the heir apparent here that's going to take, sell us into the future. And royalty. Starting, <laughs> starting with, started the episode with Pierre. And, and I love the, the journey that this episode has taken. I love the stories. I love the fact that the DNA from the original Celis is still pulsing through the veins over there. I, that's, that's a really cool story. Oh, that's good too. Um, and if you're not, if you're listening to the episode and you're not familiar with Celis, then um, you're, there might be something wrong with you, and you, you you need to get out to Austin. It's worth you, a Google. You, it's it is, it's worth a Google, as the kids say. Uh, <laughs> you, you you need to get out there to Austin. You need to experience this. You need to taste this beer. Uh, and speaking of tasting this beer, I want to come back and I want to rate this sour, uh, which is soured by the acidity in the fruit, uh, the Creek Cherry Sour, uh, base of the Belgian wit. Correct. Up. Um, oh. Betty, there she goes. Betty approves. Ooh. Uh, yeah, she's serious about it. You like it? Yes. Uh-huh. You like the tartness? <laughs> oh, she agrees. Ah, nice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, or, I'll go ahead and... Or I'll she go. really doesn't di- agree. Like, she really disagrees. No, 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 no. no. Like, she, she agrees. She, she totally agrees. She totally disagrees. No, she no, agrees. No, she definitely agrees. She's <laughs> excited. Look at that tail's wagging. You know she's excited. I'm going to rate this. This, this to me is more of a pool beer than a hot tub beer. I was about to say the opposite. Oh, like, really? Man, that, it's like hot but, tubs with the heat, and I'm like, oh, this is like, it keeps me awake. It is, okay, so. It's bright, you know? It's not too tart either. It's not, it's not are we like putting a, you to sleep? Hot tubs always make me feel like kind of sleepy. But, but I, I like I like that that opinion. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, but no, I love fine. the opinion. Yeah, and and like I think uh, it's not as sour to where it's gonna pucker. Like I always have to tell people when I'm sampling, like it's not a true like actual sour that you are familiar with. It's much more tart than anything. In my it opinion, it is. Yeah. It is, and and I and I see that because I know that we we had sours in the hot tub not too long ago. And I enjoyed it, and I appreciate it in the hot tub. And I enjoy it, and I appreciate this one in the hot tub. I think that, like uh, like the Petch, right? Mm-hmm. I could drink one or two of these in the hot tub and be done with it. In the summer, I think I could drink it all day long. Yes. Because it is it is Very. so refreshing yeah. and light. And it, yeah. it's tart and sweet. It's like... I don't know. I don't. It's, it's not lemonade, but that same like. It's the champagne of Celis, remember? Oh, <laughs> son of a bitch! It's the champagne of Celis. And, and seriously, though, put some champagne in it. I it's, agree. It's that, good. Yeah, that Enjoy might be that's the next new bro mosa. Oh. That's new. The, that's the Brahmosa. The Brahmosa. Brahmosa. As long as you credit me on that one. No, I made that up. No, you didn't. I made up the name Bra. Oh, Brahmasa. Brahmasa. Yeah. She took my name. She altered it. I did. Yeah. That's a totally different word now. Thanks, Braj Mahal. You're an an innovator, Miss Camps. Mm, Thank you all. You're welcome. (laughs) I'm going to rate it at a 387562. Um, I, I I really enjoy this uh, as far as the sour goes. And I think every time I've had sours in the hot tub, I sip them slow. Just because oh, I, I crush them, like I don't. That. I don't want the flavor to go away. Like that's one of those ones where, like, I don't. I don't end up crushing sours because, like, I want it to sit on my tongue. I want it to last a little while longer. Yeah. Um, that's that's one of the things. And and this one hits the mark with those. I really do enjoy it, man. So yeah, this is, that's where I'm at. Where are you at, Jake? Oh, once again, I wish I could be rude for uh, for <laughs> Daytona's sake here. Uh, I'm going to go 3.99832. Uh, Ooh. Ooh. This might be the highest rated sour that you've had. No, remember? No. Oh, sour. Yeah, no, yeah. Not. 
It's not? I rated a 4-0 last week. Oh, did you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, with patience. Jonathan Sandin. Come on. Oh. Come on. But with this one, I love <laughs> I love the cherry profile up front. Like, Agreed. right up front, it's there. It's cherry. It has this progression on the flavor of, like, tart to acidic, tart to acidic. And every time you go back, you get that. Just like the peach, but you get this on every single flavor. Mm-hmm. And I think it's so much better of a first sip each time. Because it's like yeah. fruity, sweet, tart, acidic. Every single time. Fruity, sweet, tart, acidic. Every single sip. And that makes this interesting every, all, all the way to the bottom. Yes. Well, and, and I always have to tell people, like, it's not the tri- childhood traumatic experience of cherry cough syrup. Like, this is... I like that much, flavor, too. It's much more of, like, a, an elegant cherry flavor, you know? It is. It, it, it's, it's it is much. elegant without being pretentious. Like It's, it's sophisticated. It's, yeah. Ooh. Champagne nice. of Celis. The hey. champagne of Celis. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll take my half a penny per yeah. can. All right. Daytona, um, where are you rating the Cherry Creek? I do I do like this one a lot. I would say, uh, again, I don't want to be uh, rating mine for it all the time. So I'm going to say. Speak from the heart. Okay. Okay. Has anyone done 4.2? <laughs> we have, but uh, only because bourbon was added. Yeah, no, I will say um, 3.999999. Do you want to put a line over nice. that last nine uh-huh. and repeat infinite. it? Infinite. Okay, to infinite nines. Yeah. Nice. No, I do, I do like it a lot. I like it a lot. It's it's an incredible beer. And, and these beers, I, I love that. And, and we didn't do this on purpose, but I love the fact that these are all Pierre original recipes. Yeah. I love the fact that uh, that his his daughter and his granddaughter are breathing new life into this. Um, and the story behind it, 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 it really does. The, the conversation that we've had today, the story behind Cellas just makes the beer taste better even because there's 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 not only great flavors there there's great history there yeah. and, and i know that that jake and i both geek out about a good story on a beer like right? you know beer conversation spending time with other people enhance the experience would you say you geek out enough to start a podcast about it it's it's possible i mean it's something that we've dabbled in and we've experimented in we're well i'm gonna go ahead and say this in front of daytona we're not oh. a real podcast yet I fucking knew oh, it. Oh, yeah. I knew we it. Gone yeah. Down that road. I, thought, I mean, I saw the stickers and I was yeah. like, maybe. But. Well, we haven't no. got a cease and desist yet. We have not got a cease and desist, and, and we had we don't have a collaboration. So and those are the both. two things that we need <laughs> in order to have a real podcast. We could uh, have 50,000 listens an episode, but we're still on our real podcast until we get a cease and desist. Correct. We are, we are in very loose conversation with Legal Draft. We have had collabs. To, I just want to clarify that. We have had collabs. Remember with uh, Liquid Lunch. Josh. Oh, we had a podcast collab. Yeah. Not a beer collab. Okay. Okay. I have lined us up a beer collab, but okay. we, we can jump Daytona in the line if she wants to collab. Yeah, yeah. Sellis wants to collab with Hot Tub Beers. We're not going to tell him no. Yeah, because Jeff with 11 Below would not be that offended that we jumped him. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. Something to do with I'll, the pale box because I'll I like have, that beer. You know, I'll have my people call your people. That's good. <laughs> we Well, our people are us. So... Well, yeah. my people is me, so... Oh, th- nice! Yeah, so Yeah, yeah. hell yeah. Oh, Hashtag networking. Also, Boulevard, if you don't send a cease and desist soon, I hope you check your mail for hours. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're, we're in the works with Legal this Draft, too. Uh, this is very loose conversation with Legal Draft, meaning we haven't really talked to them yet. At all. Um, at all. <laughs> but we were planning on talking to them. It was a thought. F- it was a thought. 
Well, we've spoken this thought out loud, too. Many, uh, many, so, many times over. But not, but not we're going to have them file a cease and desist against Boulevard for losing using our logo because Boulevard won't oh. give us a cease and desist. Yeah, you see it now? Get out of here. Yeah. Get it's getting here. serious. So, get so Boulevard, it. if you want to save us all uh, like one letter, or, maybe two letters. Postage. Send yeah. us a cease and desist. <laughs> if you want to save, I wanna save those 50 cents. <laughs> I think, I, I think I, we, we need to start a GoFundMe, and the goal is 50 cents just for postage <laughs> to start postage. a cease and desist. Oh, that's well, horrible. Hold on. There's the creative writing as well, at least a dollar. At least a dollar for creative writing. Yeah, I mean, okay. unless we actually hire on a lawyer who's not pro boning, pro boning, pro boning, uh, pro bonoing our our case. Yeah. And while Jake gets pro boned by the lawyer, uh, we'd like to tell you goodbye uh, at the Hot Tub Beers. Uh, thank you for listening, and uh, thank you for Daytona Camps and Sales Brewing course, uh, for coming and sharing the story, sharing the conversation, sharing your beer with us, um, and, and allowing us to my get best judgmental. <laughs> Uh, this has been an amazing time, and if those of you that are listening uh, really enjoyed it and you had an amazing time as well, make sure you click the link on our bio on Instagram. Make sure that you're following us, liking every single post that we post, uh, because that's what you absolutely need to do if you're a real fan. Um, click the link on the bio. There are tons of places to listen to us, uh, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Apple Podcasts, anywhere that you'd like to listen to podcasts. There also is a link there to keep the hot tub warm. You may donate to <laughs> us at 99 cents per month or as much as $300 a month. And that can go up or down as you see fit. So thank That's you again for, for listening to, the, to Hot Tub uh, Beers. And until next time, guys, enjoy your hot tub beers. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.